Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am well. Although, do you know, I think I've just been rumbled by the children. So I've marched them out on walks on many a day during lockdown. Such fun. And they've worked out that the way I greet people tells them whether I actually know that person. I think I know them or I really don't know who they are. Just on the greeting, I had no idea I was doing this. So if I say, obviously, hi then I know that person. If I say something like, hello there, if there's a there at the end, then I do not know that person. If I say hi there, then apparently I think I know that person, but I'm not sure. So now when we go walking and I greet somebody with whatever, they are immediately responding and saying, oh, you don't know that person or, oh, you think you're not, you know that person, but you're not sure. Oh my goodness, so embarrassing. I actually think they've come up with this as a way for me to say, right, let's not do the dog walks anymore, just so they get out of it. These kids are clever. Anyway, never mind. So that's how my day's going. I hope your day is going well. Now, we've got a bit of a special today I'm very excited to tell you about. And it, I, I'm going to call it the Steve Kavanagh special. Um, that's because a book is about to be published. We're nearly at publication day. It'll be the 3rd of September, uh, Thursday, um, when the book 5050 by Steve Kavanagh is published. And it's amazing. So what I wanted to do was talk to you about the book, about the series of books as well. Um, I'm actually going to have a chat with Steve Kavanagh himself. Ooh drum roll very exciting and in, just in case you have read all of his books and I know some of you have there are I've got four other books to talk to you about as well so fear not whatever you wish for from this podcast you're going to get although I should say there's no uh, book box opening this this time very sadly they are a bit slow in arriving at the moment due to this silly virus, but never mind. Um, hopefully another box will arrive soon and then I can open it for you. By the way, did you know that Lush have started doing subscription boxes? Now, if you're in the UK, Lush is, um, they sell bath bombs, all sorts of things. It, there's a very distinctive smell. Usually when I would walk past the shop, I'd get a migraine from the smell, but actually I do really like their bath bombs. And uh, yeah, they've started doing subscription boxes. And if you subscribe, 
um, when it gets to a certain part of the month, they send you an email and say, right, please vote on what you want in the box. How exciting is that? Anyway, Philippa, stop. Enough about subscription boxes. Let's go back to books. So, as I say, today is the Steve Kavanagh special. Now, when I started this podcast a year ago, in the first episode, I was talking about two of my favourite books. And those books were the M.W. Craven, the Mike Craven series and Steve Kavanagh's, particularly the, the book 13, which stood out for, for a lot, a lot of people. Um, and how wonderful is it that I, I mentioned those books in the first podcast. And here we are a year later. We've had Mike on and now we've got Steve coming on. I mean, my goodness, it's really, yes, it's like a dream, people. It's like a dream. Anyway, there we go. So. I know I've talked about 50-50 before, but because publication date is upon us, um, I think I need to tell you about it again. Because if you haven't read any of Steve Kavanagh's books, or maybe you've read 13 and you haven't read the others, now is the time to stop what you're doing and immediately go and get yourself a copy of this. Um, if you're listening to the podcast after from Thursday onwards, you can buy it straight away. If you're listening to it just before, get on that pre-order button immediately. So 50-50, the, the blurb is this, because the blurb tells it much better than, than I can. Alexandra Avellino has just found her father's mutilated body and needs the police right away. She believes her sister killed him and that she's still in the house with a knife. Sophia Avellino has just found her father's mutilated body and needs the police right away. She believes her sister Alexandra did it and that she is still in the house locked in the bathroom. Both women are to go on trial at the same time, a joint trial in front of one jury. Both of these women is lying. One of them is a murderer. You might think that this is the last place she expected to be. You'd be wrong. I mean, my goodness, what sort of a mind melt is this book? It's incredible. Um, so... This book and let me move that pile of books out of the way. This book and the whole series of uh, books, apart from one standalone that Steve's written, concerns um, uh, a lawyer, Eddie Flynn. And this is a very interesting case that comes across. I mean, you've got the the book almost starts with the 911 calls. And I should say they're all based in, in the States. Um, these 911 calls with the sister, one sister saying, oh, my father's been murdered. It's my sister that did it. And the other one saying exactly the same. And throughout the whole book, you are just, well, I certainly found myself going from one to the other and to the other. And in the end, I started thinking about who else could have done it. Um, every sort of female character that came along in the book, I was like, well, she could be the murderer. It's her or they could have done it. Um, you just question everything it, and it's done in such a clever way so it's um it's a, a legal suspense book I would say um, it's a crime because obviously a crime has been committed it's a thriller because it's very thrilling to read I mean these are extraordinary extraordinary books and I want to talk through each one um, but this is the one that's just about to be published 50-50 and it's an absolute cracker of a book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, there are some books that I pass on. I'll give to charity shops or, you know, you, you'll make sure that other people get to read them. My Steve Kavanagh books are not going anywhere, thank you. I might have lent them, but they come back to me. And if you've got one of them, I'm waiting until it's returned because I 
I just, I love them. And originally, I loved the Lincoln Lawyer uh, series. I mean, let's go back. I used to like, love the John Grisham series. I know I've talked about this before. So John Grisham, when he, with his first sort of court dramas, I love that tension in court. I love the fact that sometimes um, something, a surprise can be found because of a, a particular moment, a particular part of law that can twist a case. You've got the added element of the jury and the judge. and Oh, I, it's it's just a tinderbox for me. And I love those books. So originally John Grisham going back, back, back. Then we had Michael Connolly, the Lincoln lawyer. Um, and uh, I, I enjoy all of Michael's books, but the ones featuring... Um, the Lincoln Lawyer are the ones that I particularly enjoy. But then he started he started writing about this Bosch character. Can you believe it? And obviously didn't focus so much on on the lawyer. And so I was really trying to find another book, another one that would be my uh, my legal crime book that I would really enjoy and that would be a series and I even um, a few years ago I went to the Cheltenham Literature Festival to hear Michael Connolly speak and I was able to ask a question of course my question was about uh, the Lincoln lawyer what I didn't realize is that the person interviewing him was Steve Kavanagh and I actually had his first book on my bookshelves that I hadn't read but I just didn't link up and of course Steve Kavanagh being the gentleman he was when I asked the question about oh I need a need the the lawyer series a legal series he didn't say oh, well I've got one um he just kept quiet and, and let it be Michael's day but once I joined the dots and worked out that it was actually uh, Steve there um I picked up the book and started reading and and I've been hooked from the beginning and, and as I say that's why I want to talk to you about all the books but don't worry I've got some others so my plan today let me talk you through it so I have waffled on about 50 50 quite a lot I'm going to just do it a little bit more then I'm going to talk to you about the other books uh, the non-Steve Kavanagh books and then we're going to go to the rest of the Steve Kavanagh books in the series and talk to Steve himself so there's just just try and keep it interesting a bit of everything for everyone but as I say I, it's just wonderful fresh writing um, original stories characters you really believe in um, and you're rooting for or you're not rooting for and until the end you just well certainly I had no idea how it was going to end and I do like to spot an ending but I've never managed it with these books um, so yeah I, I really enjoy it and if you haven't read any of Steve Kavanagh's and you think well 50-50 sounds brilliant but it's a series or oh, do I have to go back to, to book one do I have to go and start there then I would say no absolutely not that the beauty of this writing is that um, he Steve's not so precious that he almost insists that you start on book one and work your way through. Otherwise, you wouldn't understand all that's that's going on. You can read and enjoy any of the books in the series. I think you can read and really love Fifty Fifty. And then if you like it, then you'll. Th and I'm sure you will. I haven't found anyone that doesn't like it. But uh, and if you like it, then you can go back and, and read the others. Um, so there's uh, don't feel you have to go back to the beginning at all. Start with 50-50, see what you think and then take it from there. So that's the book that's about to be published. 
50-50, I'll say it again. How many times am I going to say 50-50 in this podcast episode? I think the answer is quite a few. There we go, sirs. 50-50 by Steve Kavanagh. It's lucky you're not taking a shot every time I say 50-50 because this could end quite badly. But there we go. So now I'm going to move on to the other four books I want to talk to you about. Oh, got some really different ones for you. And then we're going to go back and finish the Kavanagh amazing special. So the first one I want to talk to you about is called The Weight of Water by Sarah Crossan. This is very different to uh, to 50-50. This is a wonderful, wonderful book. It's written in verse. Um, it's a verse novel. It's, uh, ooh, let's see, about 200 pages long, 230 pages long. Um, and it's the story of a, a girl, Kasienka. Let me, let me read you the blurb. Life is lonely for Kasienka. She misses her old home in Poland. Her mother's heart is breaking and as her new English school friends are scarce. But when someone new swims into her life, Kasienka learns that there is more than one way to stay afloat. Um, I love Sarah Crossan's books. I can't believe I haven't read this before. A lot of hers are quite hard hitting. So you've got uh, one, which is brilliant, but it's about conjoined twins um, and their health and, and their lives. Um, and then there's the book Moonrise, which again, I love, but that's about the death row. This, if you're looking for a softer introduction to Sarah Cross and, and to verse novels, then this might be the way to go. Um, it's beautiful. Every word is important and has its place. It's a book that you could read very quickly if you wanted to. Um, or you can take time and really soak it into the atmosphere. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of her lighter ones, if you can say that, about something that's still you know, difficult subjects coming over, how how somebody feels a part of England um, and what happens to them during that process. But yes, jolly good, jolly good indeed. Now, the next one, again, is so different. Um, I had been reading up on the uh, Women's Book Awards. So there's a, a great prize called the Comedy Women in Print Prize. And uh, this year, the shortlist had super authors that, that you want to see. Candice Carty-Williams, Beth O'Leary, Nina Stibb, Jeanette Winterton, all, all sorts. But then they had a separate category. And this is what really caught my eyes being something quite different. And they had a shortlist for published humorous graphic novels. And um, as you know, sometimes I like a, a graphic novel, particularly if I'm having a bit of a hard time and just need to escape quite easily into a book. And there was one that I just thought I've I've got to read this. Um, it's called Sensible Footwear, A Girl's Guide. And it's a, a graphic novel guide to lesbian and queer history from 1950 to 2020 by by Kate Charlesworth. Um, I thought this book was gorgeous. Um, OK, it's long. 315 pages you need to take your time reading it because there is there's so much vital information there's so much that I didn't know about um, from some of the terrible uh, ways people have been portrayed um, the suffering that's happened in the LGBT community um, but how that history has made them what they are today and how that has transformed. Um, it's a history on Kate 
and how uh, she has, as, as a person, has developed her own sexuality, how she came out to her parents. But it's also got historical elements in. Oh, there's just so much. It's funny. It's sad. It's moving. It's informative. It's very, it's very different. Um, and I just noticed, actually, continuing the crime um, element that I like too, the crime theme. Uh, Val McDermott's got a got a quote is quoted on it saying this is um, a crucial cornerstone, feisty, questioning, open, witty, and sometimes angry. Um, and and I agree, it it's essential reading. It's lovely to read because of the different uh, drawings that you've got in there. Um, yeah, and I was just horrified at times by what people have had to go through. And um, and seeing the humour in it as well and the story that emerges, something really different. It's glorious. So uh, Sensible Footwear, A Girl's Guide by Kate Charlesworth. So there we go. Now, two more books and then we're back on to Kavanagh. So the next book um, is called Nowhere to be Found by Louisa Delange. Let me read you the blurb on this book, people. Lucy is missing. Her husband, Scott, claims to have no idea where she is, but his behaviour suggests otherwise and rumours begin to swirl about the seemingly perfect couple. DS Kate Monroe is already investigating another murder when she learns that it was Lucy who first reported the body of the victim discovered floating in a lake. But with Lucy still missing and both investigations leading Kate into dangerous waters, she must quickly piece together the link between the two crimes before it's too late. I really enjoyed this book. I thought it was excellent. It just very eerie. Um, I love the characters in it. I thought it was a really good read. Um, it's going to be published. No, it's already published. So that's great. It's already out there. Um, and I think if you just want something quite different um, and uh, something quite eerie, then it's worth having having a read of that. So that's Nowhere to be Found by Louisa Delange. And then the last book, the last non-Kavanagh book, um, is another brilliant one. And that's called The Search Party by Simon Lelick. Um, now, the, the basis of this is everyone thinks that Sadie, Sadie Saunders is dead. Missing now for a week, there are whispers of murder. As the police flounder, five of Sadie's friends set off into the woods to find her. Mason, Sadie's boyfriend, is sick of the accusations that are flying his way. Rebel, Cora has always been jealous of Sadie's popularity and doesn't appear to care that she's gone. Good guy Luke seems to get on with everyone, but no one's that nice, are they? Abby, supposedly Sadie's best friend, is hiding a terrible secret and Fash, the outsider, was always treated kindly by Sadie. But does anyone really know him? As the search continues and tensions rise, they begin to fear the killer is among them. What really happened to Sadie Saunders and will they survive long enough to find out? Again, another one I really enjoyed. I find it quite gripping. Um, you don't know who... Who did it? What's happened? I like the way you, details keep being revealed to you as you go along. Um, I like the use of the police in there and the role they played in solving the the crime. Um, I just thought, yeah, it's a it's a good read, and uh, I haven't read any of Simon's books before, so I will be looking out for for more of his. So now we're going to come on to um, an interview with Steve Kavanagh which is very exciting. Um, it, as I often say, authors are like rock stars to me and Steve is top of the list. His 
ability to deliver incredibly gripping books consistently is is just wonderful. So it's uh, an honour and a privilege to talk to him. So, Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Not at all. Thanks for having me on. I mean, 50-50, wow, what a book. How did you get the idea for the story? Um, well, like most of my ideas these days, you know, I, I talk to my wife and she has come up with, usually she has the initial spark of something. Ah. And then we talk about it and, you know, we say, oh, what, what could you do with that? So, yeah. Yeah, she had the idea about two people accused of the same, accusing each other of the same crime. And we worked on it from there, um, sort of what, what, what way could it go? And I had the idea of doing a joint trial. Yeah. And it just kind of went from there. But I, don't, I only have a very sort of very basic idea when I start writing and then I, I, go, I go from there. Well, I was going to ask, did the whole book come to you as a complete package or did it come in bits and pieces? Well, the way I write, I just have that sort of premise. And then I think of well, what's the best place to start. Um, and with this book, the hook is the 911 calls. Yes. So um, this uh, police got a 911 call from a lady called Alexandra Avellino, who says, I've just found my father murdered in his house. My sister killed him. I think she's still in the house. Please come quick. And then there's another 911 call from Sophia Avellino to the police to say, I think I've just found my father murdered. My sister killed him. I think she's still here. Please come here quick. Um, so they're both accusing each other of the crime. And it's that's it was very interesting for me, you know, to do that. There's a lot of of work in that. Because you know, most crime mystery novels, there's you know, there's any number of suspects. There could be a dozen suspects. You think, yes. well, I think it's him. No, it could be that guy, yes. somebody else. Um but in this book, there's only ever two possibilities as to who the real murderer is. And that has real, and it's not just, you know, is it one or the other? It's more about that because that has consequences then for the rest of the characters in the book, the main characters. Mm. Because Eddie Flynn is representing one sister. Then there's a new character called Kate Brooks, along with uh, Melissa Block. Um, and they're representing the other sister. And... Uh, you know, they both believe their clients are innocent and you're kind of rooting for both of them. Yes, and you just have no idea how it's going to end. You just you just keep the reader on the edge of their seat. It, does that stem from your legal career as well, of keeping the, the jury riveted and, you know, is that... It's kind of... Um, maybe it's me. You know, I get bored very easily, so I like <laughs> to keep make sure it's interesting for me and there's suspense... That's the big thing is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all look at all my books as suspense books. So I need yes. to keep the reader in suspense and create that, that suspense for the story. So people will keep turning the pages. But for it's this combination of, yes, it's got all the pace and the twist, but it's got great characters as well. And I think that's where a lot of other books don't hit it because they, they're lacking one of the, those ingredients. Is, is that deliberate from, from your side? Very much so, you know. Um, I, I want people to care about what happens to the characters in the story. That's a big mm. part of it. You can have all the best twists in the world, but if you don't care about what happens to the, end yeah. of the characters, then it doesn't matter. You know, then it's just a trick. So people have to be invested in the characters first. Um, I spend a lot of time doing that um, so people will understand them and 
and see who they are because they're all very different mm-hmm. um and i want people to be rooting for some characters and hating other ones so um if yeah. their people are it gets, makes people invested emotionally in the story then then the stakes mean so much more yes. I mean, it's the best setup in the world but it doesn't mean anything if you don't care about any of the people involved it doesn't matter yes and the stakes are so high because as you, as you say you you do care about it and in some ways uh, the, the story is quite simple you know who, who did it and yet the plot is quite complex but you don't think that as you're reading it's only when you finish the book and you look back on the whole story of the book you think crikey that's that's a lot that's contained within that book is do you end up with spreadsheets and flow charts of, of it no. or is it literally everything um <laughs> no everything is um i i keep a notebook as i write so i have a little notebook and i i write down the story as i'm writing it so i write down okay this chapter here's what happens um but uh, i do i don't plan much right i have an idea about what might happen next you know in, in a chapter or two um and i'll make notes of that but i nothing is all planned out i, I write it all just uh, you know in a linear fashion it just comes out that way but i'm always thinking what would be interesting what would be good to happen next yes and when there's lots to play about with in a story like this in a joint trial so there's mm. um lie detectors i thought would be good um yeah. to introduce that uh, and because that brings into focus of who really is lying here yeah what games are being played between the prosecutor and the defense um all of that's fascinating to me as it's a real psychological war between them and then a, a real war of words in the trial so all of that's that's is interests me and i just hope it interests the reader do you miss that 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 part of your career you know when you when you were um a practicing solicitor we do you miss that that element of the, the politics of the court and all that all that went on no, no i don't anymore i don't really sometimes <laughs> it's when i watch someone tv and i think oh i'd love to have 20 minutes okay <laughs> but at the moment. mostly no i don't um yeah. i i like writing i like making stuff up for a living this is my real passion mm. you know did you always know how 50 50 would end though as you were writing it was... yes and no i sort of thought um it could it, it maybe should end one way um but i thought it might be interesting. i didn't i didn't uh you know, commit myself to one one ending or another i just thought what would be most natural to get us there yeah oh no it's great and just on the the wider series of books because it's not just 50 50 and, and there are people that there are some people who haven't read uh, any Eddie Flynn books yet. And the, the great thing is that they can start, I think they can start anywhere in the series. You're not so precious a writer that someone has to have started on at book one and read each one. You know, they can start at 50, 50 or 13 and enjoy it completely and then want to go back and, re- and read more. Yeah, I mean, most most of my readers I've read the series out of order. Most of them have picked up 13 and read that, or they read the standalone novel Twisted and yes. then went back and read the Eddie Flynn novels, you know, out of order. So they're all, they're all complete stories and you don't miss on anything. You don't miss yeah. out on anything by having read one before another. Was it refreshing writing Twisted as a standalone or did it feel strange in a way? It was refreshing and it was difficult. Um, 
and interesting and very challenging, but I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed writing it. You know, it was, yeah. it was a tough book to write, um, but I really enjoyed writing it. And one of the characters from Twisted is in 5050, um, Block. Oh gosh, of course. Uh, so it was brilliant uh, mixing the yes. two worlds. But again, you don't have to have read Twisted. No. Why 50-50. So, um, yeah, that, that was fun. But Ed is such a strong character. Is he, is he with you even when you're not writing? Does he sort of nope. talk to you? No, no, you're able to. No, I'm not. No, when, <laughs> sometimes he's not even there when I'm writing. Uh, no. No, it's just when I'm done with the computer, then I'm working. Otherwise, he's not, he's not in my head. What next? I should ask, actually. What, what next? Is there a... What next is up in the air? Okay. Um, there will be more Eddie Flynn books. I just don't know when. Put it like that. But okay. yeah, Eddie Flynn, I'm not, uh, this, is, this is not his last adventure. There will be more Eddie Flynn books. But I'm not sure which book I'll be publishing next. So watch this space for more news. Watch this space. Exciting. Well, Steve, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Not at all. Thank you very much for having me. Wow. Wasn't that amazing? It's just, um, yeah, such a privilege to be able to talk to Steve. So let's just talk about his other books as well. So we've obviously, we're all well aware of 5050. I don't need to say anything else about that. The whole series started actually with a book called The Defence. And that's when we're introduced to Eddie, Eddie Flynn, um, and get to find out a, a little bit about him. But also he has, he, he's in a time when he said he's never going to set foot in the courtroom again. Um, he's not going to do that, but he doesn't have a choice. So let me read you a bit of the blurb. Um, Oleg Volchek, the infamous head of the Russian mafia in New York, has strapped a bomb to Eddie's back and kidnapped his 10-year-old daughter, Amy. Eddie only has 48 hours to defend Volchek in an impossible murder trial and win if he wants to save his daughter. Under the scrutiny of the media and the FBI, Eddie must use his razor-sharp wit and every con artist trick in the book to defend his client and ensure Amy's safety. With the timer on his back ticking away, can Eddie convince the jury of the impossible? Well, first of all, yes, the timer is literally ticking away. Um, I, I should say, I don't know, as a as a parent, I sometimes find it hard to read books where there is a threat to a child. And so I did sort of open the pages of this book, sort of grimacing as I did. I'm grimacing as I'm telling this to you. I don't know why, but grimacing and thinking, oh, this is going to be really uncomfortable. And it's not, that, that doesn't, I'm not giving away anything that happens. I'm not saying whether what happens is good or bad um, in terms of the child. I'm just saying as someone who is normally hyperly sensitive, I could read it and I could still sleep at night without uh, having a guard, security guard at uh, my child's bedroom door. So which is useful because I hear those are quite expensive. So there we go. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was the first one I'd read um, of the Eddie Flynn range and um, I it's just when I started to really enjoy it um, that I'd found another legal uh, crime series that I would really enjoy. It was great. Then you've got The Cross, which is a novella. Um, and you can only get that on ebook at the moment. I'd love to read that, that one in print. 
And then the next one in the series is called The Plea. Um, and this time has moved on a little bit for Eddie. So let, let me tell you about this. So where David Child, a major client of a corrupt New York law firm, is arrested for murder, the FBI asked con artist turned lawyer Eddie Flynn to secure the case and force him to testify against the firm. Eddie is not someone who is easily coerced. But when the FBI reveal they have incriminating files on his wife, he knows he has no choice. But Eddie is convinced the man is innocent, despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. With the FBI putting pressure on him to secure the deal, Eddie must find a way to prove his client's innocence. But the stakes are high, his wife is in danger, and not just from the FBI. Again, I love that book. It was a great follow-on. It's, it's such um, intelligent writing. Really good. Um, it's one... It is one that you want to keep turning the pages, but equally it's it's so good that you don't want to, if you know what I mean, because you're just enjoying every moment. And just reading these again, I think I need to go back and um, read them all over again because I'm sure there's um, parts, new parts of the book that will occur to me and oh, just all sorts of things. Wonderful. Um, so then the next book we have is The Liar. Um, and this one is a, a little different, but again... Pfft, amazing. Um, so Leonard Howell's worst nightmare has come true. His daughter Caroline has been kidnapped. He can't rely on the cops. So Howell calls the only man he trusts to get her back. The man who knows the truth. Eddie Flynn vows to bring Caroline home safe. Once a con artist, now a hotshot criminal lawyer, Flynn is no stranger to the shady New York underworld or the one who believes a lie. Da, da, da. However, as he steps back into his old life, Flynn realises that the rules of the game have changed. But who is pulling the strings? And is anyone in this twisted case telling the truth? Um, I mean, it's amazing. And again, what I like is that in each book, yes, you can read them in isolation. That's absolutely fine. But you do get to know more as well about Eddie and his backstory. Um, and you just you just immerse yourself more in the Eddie Flynn world. The one, the book after The Liar is called 13. And if you haven't heard of 13, then clearly you've not been listening to all my podcasts. Not good enough. Um, it's probably the most well-known um, book. And it's it's one that I can always suggest people um, and and they enjoy it because all the blurb you need is this sentence. The serial killer isn't on trial. He's on the jury. Yes, that's all you need to know. I mean, straight away, when I read that, I was just like, I'm in. I'm reading that. And 13, actually, is the only book I possess where the the pages are actually coming out because I've read this so many times. And yes, I'm afraid I'm one of these people that bend the book. Sorry, sorry. Um, but the pages are coming out because I have just... It's travelled me, travelled with me abroad. It's travelled back. It's um, been read so many times. It's... It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, it's just a, a world of its own. It's um, a league of its own, I should say. That's the correct thing. Clearly, I've not had enough coffee today. Um, but 13 is the sort of the standout one. And uh, even if you've just read 13, don't worry. I mean, at least you've enjoyed some of the Eddie Flynn. If you'd like 13, try 50-50. Um, and if you can, go back to the beginning if you've got the time. But I think 50-50 fits on very neatly from 13. Um, and uh, that, yeah, just great great books and finally we have the standalone which i've got to mention as well uh, twisted 
So this one. Okay, let me read the blurb. Before you read this book, I want you to know three things. Number one, the police are looking to charge me with murder. Number two, no one knows who I am or how I did it. Number three, if you think you've found me, I'm coming for you next. After you've read this book, you'll know the truth is far more twisted. Uh, what can I say? It's an amazing book. I didn't miss Eddie because the writing is just so brilliant. It's compelling. You want to keep turning the pages. Your head is just thinking, what is this? It does twist with your mind. Um, I just think that they're great but I feel I've waffled on enough I think I have made this enough of a Kavanaugh special so we've got all the books there we've got the defense there's also the cross the novella the plea the liar 13 twisted which is the standalone and 50 50 which is out now and uh, I can't wait for whatever does lie ahead so there we go that's everything i think i've mentioned the words 50 50 and kavanaugh enough today i shall leave it there and guess what i have got some amazing books to talk to you about next week can't wait um and i believe i will have a book box by then to open so that'll be very exciting and um, please get in touch you know where i am the facebook group um type in quick book reviews podcast come and join the party over there we'd love to have you love talking about all the books we read what we think um, and in the meantime just take care and I'll see you again very soon take care now bye bye you've been listening to the quick book reviews podcast that's enough books said no one ever see you again soon hey it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com slash upgrade even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.